morning. Welcome to Living Hope. I'm Pastor Rich Schmidt, and we're delighted that you've decided to join us on this Easter Sunday. We like to begin our services with this greeting that Christians have been using for a long, long time now. The Lord be with you. Thank you. To get us started, Pastor Katie is going to lead us in our call to worship. As we celebrate this Easter Sunday, I'm going to lead us into a call to worship. This is based on John 20. And so similarly, as we've done before, traditionally we um, have a leader say, Christ is risen, and we respond together, Christ is risen indeed. And so that will be a part of this call to worship. Out of the darkness of grief and despair comes a message of hope. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. We run to the tomb to see for ourselves, and it's true. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. We hear a voice call our name, and we know our risen Lord is with us now and always. Christ is risen, and Christ is risen indeed. Thanks be to God. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. 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 Christ has risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He has risen indeed. He has risen indeed. He has risen indeed. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Happy Easter. Christ is indeed risen. That's why we're here today. That's what we're celebrating. Let's bow our heads for a moment and let's pray. Thank you, God, for the amazing gift you've given us in your son, Jesus Christ, for the love that you've shown us in him and for the victory that you have won over sin, death, and the devil that you share with us today. Help us as we worship you to connect with you, with the heart of the God who made us, the God who loves us, who has given us his son. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together as Scott and Mary and Annalie and Miles lead us in music. Happy Easter, everybody. I'd like to read from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in sin. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus.
bow your heads with me. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful to you for the victory that you have won for us in Jesus Christ. Uh, We see in Jesus so clearly the love that you have for us, God. Uh, As that last song just said, I mean, uh, you lived for us, you died for us, you rose again for us to set us free, to let us know that the God who made us loves us and is with us that in difficult times like this, when we're wondering how we're going to make it through, God, we can be confident in you. We can put our trust in you because we know that you're with us. We know that you will give us the strength and the courage to face whatever it is that we have to face in the days ahead. Uh, God, we pray that you'll especially make your presence known to our healthcare workers who are putting themselves there on the front lines uh, each and every week, uh, each and every day, uh, serving all of us, God. Um, especially serving those who are suffering from this current COVID-19 thing. And God, putting themselves at risk. And God, we pray that you would protect them, protect their families that they go home to at night. God, please, would you continue to bless those who are serving us in this way? Please bless our leaders with wisdom as they attempt to guide us through this thing. God, bless all of those who are serving or working in essential businesses, keeping things moving, keeping all of us fed and alive. God, as they are out there interacting with people, again, please uh, help them to be wise, to be safe. Uh, Please, God, keep them healthy. Uh, God, please um, bless those who are not working right now, Uh, those who are struggling because their hours were cut or their jobs eliminated. God, we pray that you would provide for them. Um, And God, we pray you bless all of us uh, with courage, with strength, with wisdom, with peace. Remind us, God, of your presence with us, we pray. We're trusting in you, confident that you are able to lead us through. We know this because you've shown us such amazing love in Jesus. It's in his name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. Uh, The peace of the Lord be with you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm assuming that you offered that back. All right. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on announcements today. You can find out uh, on our website most of the things you need to know. It's livinghope.info. There you can find information on ways to connect with your church family throughout the week uh, on Sunday mornings in the Zoom lobby between the services. Uh, There are links to all of those things there at livinghope.info. There are links there on how to give. Uh, Thank you to all of you who are continuing to give and support the work of the church, uh, both here and around the world uh, during this time. Uh, Again, there are links to that there on the website. uh, we're trying to keep you updated with an email uh, newsletter that goes out about once a week. It's a little sporadic at this point. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, but if you've not been receiving that, uh, please make sure that we have your current information. Um, drop us a line uh, at uh, office at livinghope.info, uh, or you can call us at 219-462-1245. Uh, We're going to be a little more proactive. Uh, Deb Williams in the office has got a little more time now that we're not doing as much at the building uh, building right now. And so uh, she's going to take the time to call uh, each of you 
uh, she's going to try to get a hold of each of you uh, to make sure that we have your current information, your address, email address, all of that. So if you don't get a call from Deb Williams in the next week or two, or if you haven't gotten a call from anyone in the past couple of weeks, um, we probably don't have your information. Uh, so if you would like to share that with us again, you can email us at, in, at office at livinghope.info, uh, or you can call us at 219-462-1245. All right. Um, some of you have questions about the, uh, the Global 6K for Water. It's happening on May 16th. It is happening, and we're going to show a little promo video at the end of this service uh, about that. Uh, but it is happening. You can go to valpo6k.com for details, including a promo code that's good for the next week through April 19th that gets you $10 off of your registration. Uh, so that's an amazing thing that you might want to be a part of. And, uh, and Pastor Katie has a few words for us um, about youth ministry. Pastor Katie. Good morning, it's Pastor Katie here, and I just wanted to give a, a, a brief uh, youth update into what's going on. And so the last few weeks, uh, we have switched to virtual gatherings, um, which is just really interesting because we just finished the youth room. We just started gathering in our youth room, and I know the kids are really proud of the work that they've put in, and their friends have come along to paint, um, to just design the space, and to... We've done, you know, we've done several um, game nights already, and there's just been really awesome um, turnout. And our youth group has already been growing, and so even with that, um, we want to continue that momentum happening to continue that momentum, and um, we will continue to meet on Wednesday nights from 7 p.m. to 8:30 p.m. And so what that looks like right now is the last couple of weeks we've been doing Zoom. We've been doing some really fun activities. We are going to continue to have some fun activities, but we're also going to continue to just be encouraged and to um, learn about what does it look like as people of faith in the midst of our, our what we're living through right now. What does it look like to be good news even in the midst of, of a society that is living in uncertain times and with some fear and um, scarcity, uh, what feels like scarcity. And so we want to help our students learn what that looks like and to dream really out loud um, together what it looks like to be good news in the midst of a pandemic. And so um, we, in addition to that, we also will be beginning um, to have uh, family worship nights that will be for um, our teens and their families. Um, so younger siblings are welcome to join as well, and um, that'll happen probably about once a month. And so our the date is to be determined right now, but we will have one coming up in a couple weeks. And so it'll be just a great time to um, gather virtually and worship God together and to encourage each other in this season. A couple of things. Um, we did have to postpone our uh, Five Guys fundraiser, um, which we were really excited about. Um, obviously, that is a good decision that we postponed that. Um, right now, the Youth Works trip, um, the missions trip to Minneapolis, is being postponed. And so I'm working on dates for that right now and talking to the kids that were already signed up. And so if you hadn't signed up, if you were a teen and you weren't able to go that week, um, we will let you know when the, the new date is and to see if you're able to make it. We will have spots open for that. Um, the cost will be about um, $2.99 maximum and potentially um, lower than that as well. And we will be doing fundraisers as we're able to, um, and we'll look creatively at what that looks like in the midst of our time right now. So I just want to keep keep you updated on how things are going. If you have any questions, you can feel free to email me um, at katieisfunk.gmail.com. Sorry, katieisfunk at gmail.com. And uh, you can also talk to Pastor Rich and he can um, give you um, my contact number as well. So let me know if you have any questions. We want to just continue to be present for young people that are in our community. Those are in our church and those around us that um, are 
you know, figuring out what it looks like to do life in the midst of um, these times. So thank you, and uh, we'll keep you updated. Thanks, Pastor Katie. Okay, as we move into today's message, I think we need to acknowledge right up front that this is not the Easter that any of us would have chosen, right? I mean, I don't think any of 2020 probably has gone the way that any of us had hoped so far. I mean, some of you had plans for 2020 and what, you, what was gonna happen this year. Um, I'm guessing none of our plans included a, a global pandemic causing all of us to have to keep our distance from each other so as not to infect our loved ones and our neighbors. It probably didn't include shutting down half the economy, people's hours getting cut, jobs being lost, businesses closing down. I mean, if you're lucky, uh, you can work from home. If you're unlucky, you get to do that while also homeschooling your kids. Uh, events that you were looking forward to, canceled. Sports, canceled. School, not canceled, but online only for the rest of the semester. And church, well, you can't gather a crowd together without uh, endangering uh, the health of everybody that comes. So it's online only for most of us, except for some churches are trying to do it like a drive-in church kind of a thing. Although even then you gotta keep your windows up and there's no hanging out with each other or catching up uh, in the lobby uh, after the service. Uh, some churches are, are trying to do communion by having people gather their own bread and juice at home. Others like us are just eagerly looking forward to that day when uh, we can come together again to celebrate the sacrament as the body of Christ gathered around his table. Uh, today, as we read the accounts of Jesus's earliest followers, as they describe to us what that first Easter Sunday was like, it's clear that life had not gone the way that they had planned either. As we talked about last Sunday, Jesus had been teaching and healing and doing amazing things, and uh, these men and women who were called his disciples had been following him, learning from him, and coming to believe that he truly was the long-awaited Messiah, the Christ, the anointed leader who was going to establish God's kingdom and rule as king. And so when finally Jesus begins to head toward Jerusalem, the capital city, they know that something big is going to go down. They had pinned their hopes and their livelihoods and their reputations on Jesus, on him being the one they were waiting for. And so they expected that Jesus would march into Jerusalem and go right up to the Roman rulers and maybe a little bit like Moses and uh, King Pharaoh and the stories they'd heard growing up, you know, maybe he'd say, let my people go. Uh, only this time it'd be more like, uh, wait, you don't belong here. So let my people stay and uh, you leave. Get out of here before we kick you out or worse. The crowds would acknowledge him uh, as king and crown him as their ruler. He would be celebrated and they would rule alongside him. We know this is what they were thinking because two of his disciples, the brothers James and John, had approached Jesus uh, asking if they could have the, uh, the seats of honor on either side of his throne when that day arrived. They all expected Jesus to rule as king. That's not exactly what happened, is it? I mean, sure, the crowds uh, embraced him, uh, at least at first. They waved the palm branches and shouted, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel. But, you know, that was last Sunday. By Thursday night, Jesus was arrested. And by Friday, the crowd had turned and were shouting for him to be crucified. But before the Roman soldiers nailed him to the cross, they had some fun with him too. They put a royal robe on him and crowned him king, but it was a crown made of thorns. They mocked him, and eventually they crucified him. They nailed him to a cross and left him there to die. And as he hung there, dying what was a violent but ordinary death in that day, just one of many people that the Romans had crucified, 
the notice of the official charge that they tacked onto his cross called him the king of the Jews. It was like the Roman authorities were getting in just one more dig at Jesus' people. You don't want us to be in charge? You want a king? No. Well, here's what we do with your kings. Don't you forget who's in charge around here. Jesus' disciples, uh, thinking back to that day as they wrote their accounts of Jesus' life, remembered seven different things that they heard him say as he hung there dying on that cross for hours. Last week, we looked at three of them, three little prayers, a, a cry of anguish, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A prayer of trust, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And a prayer for us, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Uh, if you want to catch up more on that, you, you can catch last week's message. But eventually, the words and the prayers stopped, and the unthinkable happened. Jesus, the Son of God, died. The Romans confirmed it by sticking a spear in his side and watching the blood pour out. His friends took his dead body down off the cross, wrapped it in linen burial cloths, and laid it in a tomb, basically a, a small cave, rolled a large stone across the entrance so that his corpse uh, wouldn't be disturbed. It was a bit of a rush job because the Sabbath was about to begin, so some of the women planned to come back early Sunday morning once the Sabbath day of rest had ended to finish the job with the spices and perfumes that were part of their normal cultural burial rites. Now, there's nothing written in any of their accounts about the day after Jesus' death. It's a silent Saturday, a silent Sabbath. Uh, normally, the Sabbath day of rest was a day for Jewish believers to give thanks to God, uh, celebrate his providing for them and his rescuing them from the harsh demands of slavery and giving them one day out of seven to rest, to pray, to celebrate. But I doubt any of Jesus' followers felt much like celebrating, praying their usual prayers, going to synagogue for their usual religious services, None of them wanted to give thanks that day. Uh, we know that they were afraid because uh, in their account of what they were all doing the next day, Sunday, it says in John chapter 20, the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. They probably wondered if they'd be next. I mean, they came for Jesus. Maybe they're going to come for us. They were afraid to leave the house. I guess today we call it self-quarantining. But They were staying in. And they were probably all in shock. I mean, their world had just been turned upside down. As far as they knew, the project was over. The mission had failed. The Jesus movement had ended. Some of them were probably asking themselves, okay, so what do I do now? Does any of this feel familiar? <laughs> Does any of this resonate with you and what life is like right now, or is that just me? <laughs> I mean, as I talk with people and listen to people, there's a lot of fear right now, a lot of anxiety a lot of stress, a lot of uncertainty. It feels like we're stuck in this Saturday where life as we knew it has, has blown up, it's gone, and we don't know if things will ever be the same. Some of you I know are feeling it worse than others. I mean, some of you are wired up to draw life and energy from connecting with other people, and this social distancing thing, being cut off from people, it feels like it's killing you. Some of you have been hit hard financially, and you're feeling all kinds of stress about that and what you're going to do now. Some of you have health issues that are serious enough that you know if you catch this thing, it would take a miracle for you to live through it. And for some of you, uh, that describes someone you love and you're very concerned for them. Some of you, the stress of all this is pushing you back toward bad habits and destructive patterns that you desperately want to stay away from. And now you're cut off from the support systems that you'd relied on. We're all hoping 
that this long Saturday will finally end. So here's where I get to share some good news. You ready? Jesus didn't stay dead. <laughs> Indeed, he is risen. That long silent Saturday finally did end. And early on that Sunday morning, when the woman came to the tomb, I should just read it. Uh, this is from Luke's account, chapter 24. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed like to them sorry, their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. None of them were expecting this. They were so overwhelmed by their fears and anxieties, by the horror of their circumstances, that they had completely forgotten what Jesus had told them. He had tried to prepare them, but still they had trouble wrapping their minds around what had actually happened. The good news was so outside of what they were expecting that it just seemed like nonsense to them. Uh, that night, we see it finally takes Jesus showing up in person uh, for them to finally start to grasp it. Uh, I'm reading from John's Gospel. This is chapter 20, starting with verse 19. It says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. It's like not only is he confirming to them that he is alive and he has conquered death, but he's saying, look, the mission isn't over. The movement continues. The difference now is that you know that death can't stop us. The most powerful forces on the planet, the Roman Empire, they can't stop us. The devil can't stop us. I was reminded by one of the men in our church uh, this week that Jesus in Luke chapter 10 had told his disciples, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And he says, the spirits will submit to you. Now, of course, does that mean that if you're following Jesus, you won't catch the coronavirus or that you'll never suffer? I mean, no, of course. I mean, almost all of Jesus' earliest disciples uh, suffered persecution and died violent deaths. But it does mean that death doesn't have the final say. The worst thing is never the last thing. The worst thing that life can throw your way, that's not the last thing. Sin and death, sickness and disease, evil and chaos, these don't have the final say in your life. God will have the final say. Grace and love and life will have the final say. The worst thing is never the last thing. 
as Jesus conquers sin and death by his own death and resurrection, he shares that victory with all of us. Uh, the apostle Paul describes it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says that Jesus is the first fruits of all who have fallen asleep. That was Jesus' euphemism for death, was sleep. This means that Jesus goes first and we'll all get to follow where he leads. Uh, or as he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. That's why in that same passage he could say, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And then a few verses later, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. He's able to describe these troubles that we experience in this life, and there are plenty, as light and momentary, because he knows that this life isn't all there is, that the eternal glory that we'll get to share with Christ is more substantial, more meaningful, because that's where our story is headed. Uh, this, um, this reminds me of something I've been telling my boys uh, lately. David and Jonathan are four years old, and uh, sometimes now there'll be a TV show or a movie, all G-rated, don't worry, uh, that they won't want to watch because the bad guys are too scary. Um, and what I've been telling them is, hey, look, guys, it's, it's okay. The good guys always win. Now, I know that there are movies that end sad, okay? Uh, Stacy is determined uh, to never watch those. I mean, she has no interest in spending two hours of her life uh, watching a movie that's going to leave her feeling worse at the end. Uh, but I don't just mean that every kid-appropriate movie that my four-year-olds would be watching uh, ends with the good guys winning. Uh, I'm trying to help them grasp the meaning of Easter, that ultimately, good triumphs over evil. The worst thing is never the last thing. God always has the final say in how our story ends, so the bad guys can do their worst. We could even die, but that's not how our story ends. Jesus has won the victory over sin, death, the devil, and as we trust in him, we get to share in his victory, share in his life. Now, I know that this can be a hard thing to believe. It was hard to believe for Jesus' disciples, too. We see that in John's gospel, picking up where we left off in chapter 20. Uh, verse 24, it says, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. I don't love the, the doubting uh, translation there. Uh, the, there are some translations that say it more like, do not be unbelieving, but believing. That's kind of what the Greek looks like. And I know we all have doubts. Uh, I mean, that's, that's just part of human existence. We have doubts, we have questions. Uh, it's what we do with those doubts. And for Thomas, he had decided, he had just refused to believe. He said, I'm going to be unbelieving until it's proven to me. And Jesus is saying, all right, here you go. Time to start believing. And so 
Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus says something to Thomas. He says something to you and to me. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's us. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the invitation that's open to each one of us today. We may still be living through a long Saturday of uncertainty, of difficulty, of stress, but we also have hope because we know that Sunday's coming. We know that Jesus is alive and that by trusting in him, we can share in that life. I pray that Jesus himself will show up inside your locked doors, that you will find yourself encountering the risen Christ in ways that you did not expect and that he will help you find a way to trust in him. Or in the words of the Apostle Peter, in his first letter that's been handed down to us, he says, May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ be blessed. On account of his vast mercy, he has given us new birth. You have been born anew into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Through his faithfulness, you are guarded by God's power so that you can receive the salvation he is ready to reveal in the last time. You now rejoice in this hope, even if it's necessary for you to be distressed for a short time by various trials. This is necessary so that your faith may be found genuine. Your genuine faith will result in praise, glory, and honor for you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you've never seen him, you love him. Even though you don't see him now, you trust him and so rejoice with a glorious joy that's too much for words. You are receiving the goal of your faith, your salvation. You bow your heads with me and pray. God, we are so grateful for the love that you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for this Easter Sunday when we get to celebrate your victory over sin and death and the devil and the invitation that you offer to each one of us to share in that victory, to share in your life that is stronger than death. We've read the accounts of Jesus' earliest followers, what they saw, what they experienced, and we find ourselves relating to their anxiety their confusion, their stress, their fear. Things look uh, pretty dark right now, God. But right here, right now, you offer us hope. Hope that is grounded in the reality of the, your victory that you won when you raised Jesus from the dead. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would show up in our lives in unexpected ways. Meet us in the middle of our fear, anxiety and surprise us with your presence and with your peace. Meet us here and remind us that you are the one who gets to write the end of our story and fill it with, with meaning. It's not some disease, not the economy, not even death itself that does that. You are the one who tells us who we are and where our story is going. You are the one who reminds us that we are loved by you. We reject the lies of the evil one who tries to convince us that this Saturday will never end, who tries to fill our hearts with fear, who tries to push us back into old destructive ways of thinking and living. God, 
we are moving forward with you into the future that you have for us. We know that Sunday is coming, and indeed is already here, that Christ is risen and is present with us. God, I pray that you will help us to put our trust in you. Uh, for some of us, it's a reaffirmation of our faith in you, just saying yes to you again. For others, uh, this is the first time that they've sensed your Holy Spirit tugging at their hearts where they find themselves saying, yes, yes, I want to believe that you have conquered sin and death. Yes, I want to believe that my sins can be forgiven and my life transformed by your love. God, would you hear our prayers today as we reach out to you in faith, as we offer ourselves to you, and would you help us to hear your spirit telling us that we are your children, loved by you, forgiven by you, embraced by you. Today, God, we lift our hearts up to you and give you thanks for this love that you have shown us in Jesus Christ. Out of love for us, you did not abandon us in the ugliness and mess of our sinful rebellion against you, but you came to us in your son, Jesus Christ. You offered yourself to us, taking our brokenness, taking our sin, and by your death and resurrection, Lord Jesus, you brought us forgiveness and healing and new life. Jesus, we do Look forward to that day when we can gather together again around your table and encounter your grace in tangible, touchable ways in the bread and in the cup. Until that time, would you make your presence known to us in unmistakable ways? And would you continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit that we might live in this world as the body of Christ, as your hands and feet, whatever that may look like today. Thank you, God for meeting us here today. Thank you for the assurance and power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the grace and love given us in Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Uh, would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And now let's sing one last song together before we go.
thanks be to God for the love that he's shown us in his son, Jesus Christ. Now, I want to leave you with this blessing as we go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Have a happy Easter, everybody.